What's up, Earth citizens? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. In this episode of Uncommon Grounds, host Chris Rausch interviews Dan Passapera. He's a rising sophomore majoring in journalism. They talk about Dan's passion for photography and about a really cool personal photo project he took on recently, where he documents essential workers who work jobs that have generally gone unrecognized during the pandemic. I'm David DeRoche. I'm the producer of the show. I'm also director of community programming at Quinnipiac. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by Chris Rouse. She's the Dean of the School of Communications. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Uncommon Grounds. This is a podcast about students at the Quinnipiac University School of Communications. My name is Dean Chris Rouse, and with us today is Dan Passapera. Dan is a journalism student at the school, and he is from Cheshire, Connecticut. Dan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Dan, I want to start off talking about this photo series that you've done this past semester about essential workers during the pandemic because it's getting a lot of attention and you did some pretty incredible work. So how did that come about? How did you get this idea? Thank you so much. So honestly, just one day I was watching the news and they're talking about essential workers and they didn't really give out like a list of who they are. And, you know, the most common essential worker that we see on a daily basis is the medical professionals. And I'm not trying to discredit anything they're doing. They're doing amazing things on the front lines. But I think there's a lot of other people we didn't realize out there. And I kind of have a personal connection to this. My mom was a former dispatcher at Hamden Police Department. And she always felt as if she wasn't recognized for the work that they do. You know, without the police getting to the scene, they wouldn't be there without, you know, the person behind the phone. No one really ever thinks about that person behind the phone. So I thought, you know, what about our grocery store workers, um, even gas station attendants? They're doing their part to try to keep us afloat, try to keep Connecticut afloat, trying to keep things running as smooth as possible. And I thought they deserve some recognition. And so when did you start shooting uh, these workers? I started shooting around late April. Okay. And was this for a class you were taking? Not particularly. It started off as more of a personal project that I can do. And I was taking news writing with Professor Diaz at the time. And we were doing our final projects. And at the end of the class, she comes forward and says, if you guys want to do anything else, if you guys want to make a video, uh, you guys want to do photographs, something like that, to submit along with your final project, please do so. And then I pitched to her the idea that I had originally thought of, and she loved it. She said, go forward with it. And I pitched it to Wasim Ahmad. I've had storytelling with him. And uh, he loved the idea and said, go for it. So that's where it kind of all went off. So it's my understanding from some of your faculty that you were actually in the hospital yourself and you thought you might have had the coronavirus. Tell me about that. It was definitely an experience I will never forget. So it all started off with trouble breathing. I have chronic asthma, so we didn't really know what it was at the time. I did a few teleconferences with my doctor. And, you know, I live with my 82-year-old grandmother. We take care of her. My mom needed hip surgery this month. So, you know, I asked for a test just out of caution so I can be careful. And they said, oh, sorry, we cannot give it to you. You know, you're in a good enough condition. And then it got to the point where I could barely walk down a few steps without getting out of breath. 
had a really bad cough, chills, and then that's when I started to get really worried. And then my doctor was like, okay, you need to go to the emergency room. So I ended up in the emergency room. Thankfully, I was only there for a day. They said, you know, and this is not comforting at all, but they said they treated me as if I had it. And, you know, that was terrifying, seeing doctors in gowns and masks, and it, it was it was terrifying. My mom even recalled it. She's like, it was like out of a movie. Was, did that motivate you at all to want to shoot the photos of these essential workers? A little bit. I think what I got out of that experience helped me with my final project for that class, actually, in terms that I think testing should more be more readily available for anybody who wants it just to protect others. Okay. So how did you approach some of these people? I mean, I was, I was really struck by, by some of the people that you got, like the prison guard. How did you find them? Prison guards actually a funny story. So, you know, I got I was driving on the road. I had my camera with me in my car. I had gone to the Chipotle in Hamden, <laughs> picked myself a burrito, and I noticed, you know, this guy with his suit on and the patch on the side of his shirt, and it said "Corrections Officer." And I had reached out previously to um, Cheshire has a community forum on Facebook, and I was like, if you know anybody willing to participate in this, please let me know. And someone said "Corrections Officers," and you know, they're not going to let me anywhere near the facility. And then when I saw this guy, I was like, wow, this is a great opportunity. So, you know, I asked him the awkward question in front of the Chipotle parking lot. You know, I'm Dan, I'm a journalism student. I'm doing a project on essential workers. Can I ask you a few questions and take your picture? And he said, yes. Very cool. And I noticed you had a, uh, somebody from the big Y in Cheshire as well. Yeah. Did you just, did you just go into the store and, and ask him? So as I went on doing this project, I realized sometimes when you ask for permission, you're going to get a big no. <laughs> and I had actually knew him. You know, he's a student at Quinnipiac as well. And I'm like, so when do you work? And I caught him completely off guard and didn't tell him when I was coming. And I kind of just took a picture with him, looked around, made sure no managers were hovering <laughs> and um, asked him a few questions. What was the hardest person to convince? Hmm hardest person to or, or were there any that were that were hard to convince to let you shoot their picture um i would say the gas station attendant i had actually gone into multiple gas stations and they had said no and when i went into this one he was very skeptical of me taking a picture of him but uh you know i had explained to him that you know i think workers like yourself should deserve recognition and then he actually tells me, like, he's like, you want to know what? You're right. He's like, I've been working here for 14 hours a day. And I, and I found that crazy working at a gas station for 14 hours a day. And he's like, you know, a lot of us don't get the recognition we deserve. And um, by talking to him and listening to his story and telling him, you know, my mom's story, I think I developed that personal connection that helped, you know, soothe it down a little bit so I can do that for my project. So the one thing that the question that's going on in my mind as I'm looking at your photos and reading about these people is how do you maintain social distancing during this time while you're talking to them and while you're shooting their pictures? How, how do you balance that? So definitely the mask is a must. Uh, luckily, with my camera and my lens, I can stay six feet away where I can get a nice portrait of them. And I use my phone from a distance. I've actually put it a little bit closer on the ground to them and step back, hit record. And um, that's how I ask questions for them. What kind of camera are you using? Uh, a Sony a7 Mark II. 
Okay. And is that just a camera you've had for a while? No. So I got that in 2014. I started out with... That's a while. (laughs) It is. It is. But I had actually started out with a Kodak Easy Share when I was like six years old. Made my way up to a Fujifilm FinePix. That was a one lens, one in-body zoom kind of camera. And then when I felt comfortable enough with all the settings and everything, I stepped up big time with the Sony. And what is it about photography that excites you? Why do you want to be a photographer? I think pictures, you know, as the saying goes, they can tell lots of words. And I think there's a lot of good and bad out there that should be shown. A lot of stories to be told. And with one picture, with good composition, you can tell the story of that person without even any words. And I think that's powerful. I think that's amazing. And there's just something so exhilarating and exciting going out and taking pictures of people or just anything in general and coming back to it. And it's like almost you're freezing time and you can remember that memory vividly. So the one thing that I I really liked about your photos is I kind of got a Humans of New York feel when I'm looking at these photos and reading about these people. Was that a conscious thing with you that you were trying to like show these people in a, in their own element? It's more of a personal style that I have for myself. I'm not one for having people pose and making them uncomfortable and all that stuff. I want people to be in their own element, to be comfortable. I think that shows more of the story. I think, you know, you get more of them in that picture. And it's actually funny. New York city is one of my favorite places to shoot so um, there is definitely a lot of stories to be told there as well. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your stylistic choices, you know, color versus black and white, shooting people in action versus posing, that kind of thing. Personally, I love black and white. I think it's a timely look. I think sometimes color is very distracting from the actual person in the photo. But I had actually ran that by Professor Ahmad and Margarita Diaz for this project and they're like, you know, you should probably go for color. That's usually how it's done nowadays. And and I'm not opposed to color. I think sometimes black and white isn't the way to go. I think color for this. And it actually turned out very well. When I actually sent the photos to the people that I took, I did it in black and white and in color just because that was my style. What was the reaction you got from them after they saw it? Um, They really liked their photos. Some said that it was sad, the situation that they're in. Um, I communicated a lot with uh, the wives of some of the husbands that were working, you know, and they're like, wow, this is very telling. And it's sad to see them in the situation that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. What's been the response that you've gotten since the photos have been posted? I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. I didn't really expect this to blow up in the way that it did. Uh, Really caught me off guard, but it's really cool. You know, people are starting to realize, they're like, wow, you know, I didn't really think of corrections officers. Wow, I didn't really think about that guy cutting my meat at the supermarket. Like, it's that message that I wanted to portray, and it's being received very well, and I'm I'm very excited. So tell me a little bit about your career plans. What what do you see yourself doing five years after you graduate from Quinnipiac? Whether being a freelancer or working for a big news agency, Um, My goal is just to become a photojournalist. Um, I would love to just travel or even just local like I did right now and just tell the stories 
like I said, whether good or bad of people. And any specific geographic area? You said you like New York. I would like to stay in the Northeast, but if, you know, if I have other travel plans that bring me across the country or to different countries, I wouldn't be opposed to that as well. Okay. And uh, last but not least, why did you come to Quinnipiac? You're, you're a local kid. Quinnipiac is what, 15 minutes from your house? <laughs> Probably a little less. <laughs> why stay local? I knew that I wanted to stay in state. Connecticut is a place that I call home. I considered many colleges. I didn't really have one right off the bat that I really wanted to go to. Um, so I considered all the state schools, some other private schools. But, you know, when I toured Quinnipiac and I toured that campus, there was just something about it that I fell in love with. And, you know, apart from the beauty that is Sleeping Giant that's right next to it and just the campus overall, the communications department is something that I really fell in love with. Like, you know, I was amazed to like, you know, you can rent cameras, you can go up to different professors and they're open to all of your ideas, like especially mine with photo. And, you know, I found Quinnipiac to be a very welcoming place. And I knew that journalism program there was really, really good. And I think that's something that I lacked personally. So I think I can better myself through the education at Quinnipiac. Had you taken a photo class or a journalism class in high school? No journalism classes. I took the high school, Cheshire High School only offered one basic photo class. So I took that one. And um, there was a second one. It's still kind of there, but not enough interest was generated. It's almost a version of like AP photo. I kind of took that as well. That was where I kind of got my first critiques on photos so that kind of helped me like improve on my work and better myself and does does photography run in your family not particularly okay yeah my mom uses her phone <laughs> so i think you know i'm one of the first ones in the family to kind of start that branch yeah all right dan i really appreciate your time this has been awesome and uh we're gonna post i think a link to your photos when we post this recording as well. So thank you very much. Wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That was Chris Roush interviewing Dan Passapera, a rising sophomore majoring in journalism. Head over to qu.edu slash podcast and you can check out a link to Dan's photo project. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by Chris Roush. He's the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. The show's produced by me, David DeRoche. I also did the music. To learn more about all of our podcasts, you can check out qu.edu slash podcast, and you can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at qupodcasts. And if there's a story you want to share with us or something you want us to talk about, you can find us on social media or you can shoot us an email. The address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. On the next episode of Uncommon Grounds, Chris interviews Sophia Alfieri, who recently graduated from Quinnipiac's 3 Plus 1 program with a bachelor's degree in public relations and a master's in interactive media. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.